What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Thank God for Wrestling Podcast. I'm co-host number one, CJ McClure. Co-host two, Johnny King. So today on this episode, we're going to do things a little bit differently. So for a little bit of context, when Johnny and I started this podcast, met on Bleach Report, followed each other on Instagram, we're getting to know one another. It was obviously really exciting for the both of us that we are both wrestling fans and we both have the same interest and passion and developing a hobby and talking about wrestling. But the biggest thing that Johnny and I have in common is that we are both believers and we are both followers of Christ, which is why we call this Thank God for Wrestling. And we have mentioned a few times on this channel that we are Christians. And one of the reasons that we're going to do what we're doing today is this past weekend, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit call me to do this. And I also remembered back in the summer when Johnny and I had become friends I asked him, I said, hey, man, what can I pray for? What can I pray for? What's going on in your life? And he said, nothing crazy, man, just that we can glorify God with our podcast. And today we wanted to take the time to tell our stories so far about our walk with the Lord. So, Johnny, you're the really the reason that this podcast <laughs> even started when you tweeted on Bleacher Report. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I can. That's crazy, bro. It's just a Bleacher Report. What is it like board post, whatever it is, community post, community post. Yeah, crazy, bro. <clears throat> but yeah, mine is nothing too crazy. I grew up in the church because my dad's a pastor. So I've been in church all my life. But obviously, you always go through a time in your life where you find Jesus for yourself. My parents never really like forced religion on me. Like they didn't discipline me if I didn't want to go to church or like they just made it. They didn't make church. They didn't make church a chore. They just made it something that we did and made it a part of our life so yeah my dad was a pastor so I grew up in the church I honestly was very shy growing up I did not think that I would be what I'm doing be doing what I'm doing now but yeah I would say maybe around like 18 19 I knew that I was going to end up becoming a minister and become a preacher in my and follow my dad's footsteps um, but I tried to run from it because I was like, maybe it's not for me. I'm not good at speaking, public speaking, blah, blah, blah. So I tried to run from it, but that only made it worse, bro. And when you try to run from God, you're not going to go anywhere. Your life's not going to get better. Nothing's going to happen because he's just going to force you to follow his direction because obviously that's the best direction. So, yeah, around like 18, 19, I had like really, really bad anxiety, bro. And like now looking back on it, that was just God trying to get me to submit to him. But I didn't, I was just being hard hit at the time. So I was like, nah, this is not for me. Like, I'm going to just keep trying different stuff. But yeah, I, I always knew that I was eventually going to find, find God for myself and eventually become a, become a preacher and become a minister of God. And there's a, there was a quote, Cody Rhodes quote, quoted, bro. It was, uh, um, he found his destiny on the path he took to avoid it. And so that's really like how my life is, bro. Like I was trying to avoid it my whole life but on the path I took to avoid it I ended up following it and finding it and it was probably like it was two summers ago I was visiting my brother in Tulsa and I always spent time with him over the like the summer break and that city and like that time really brought me closer to God and I like I finally submitted myself and I knew that I was going to end up preaching the gospel one day I just didn't know how fast it was going to come but last September September 3rd is when I finally accepted my calling I got on my knees and I and I accepted my calling to God to preach the gospel and follow my dad's footsteps. And I told my dad and he was like, "Yeah, I already knew." He was like, "I was just waiting for you to for you to for you to know." 
And so, yeah, bro, that happened. Every bro, life has been up ever since, bro. Like, like, I can't complain. Like, when people say, like, God, like, changes things, like, he really changes things. Like, obviously, you're still going to have bad days. You're going to go through stuff. But it's just a different feeling knowing that you are you are following him with everything you do. So, yeah, I've been preaching since January now. I'm uh, working, at, working at my dad's church. So I'm there on Sundays and I work remote throughout the week. So, yeah, it's a big part of my life now. And I'm, eventually I'm going to be the pastor of the church one day. So he's trying to keep me grounded in the church and just show me all the ins and outs of how it operates and everything. But, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. It was just mine was kind of quick because I knew that I was going to end up where I am today. Like, yeah, that's all I got, man. Yeah. I feel a little bad because uh, mine's going to be kind of long with my memory, but uh, I feel what I have to share is valid for those who may or may not resonate with this. And Johnny, I resonate with some of the stuff you said, especially about anxiety mm. and just submitting to God. So uh, kind of like you, my my mother and my stepdad always exposed me to church. They, they, they didn't make me, they didn't force me. It's what you just said. It was just a part of what we did. It was a part of our lives. And yeah, I, I kind of grew up with it, like, especially in like very long phases, I grew up in it. And I was six years old and I went to youth group because I'm sure you did, you know, I would just either go to youth or I would go to youth and then big church is what I would call it. And one day in youth, we talked about baptism. And that just really got my curiosity bulb going and gears were kind of turning. And I remember driving home one day with my mom and I think my stepbrothers are in the car too. And I asked my mom, I was like, mom, what, what we talk, what does baptism mean? What does that actually mean? And she explained it to the best of her ability. And I said to her, I was like, I think I want to do that. Six-year-old CJ made that decision. And you know, man, I, have regretted borderline regretted doing that because I was so young mm. and understand what it meant to be a Christian. It really wasn't until this semester, those of you that are students this semester that I finally truly realized that I am saved because I felt the Holy Spirit. I felt it in, I felt it in my chest and I just always, it wasn't that I was doubting God. I was just doubting myself. I was doubting the decision that I made it, just because I was like, I was young. I did not understand. But the Bible actually does have evidence that children can be saved. Children can receive salvation. And one might argue that this process of sanctification with walking with the Lord is a part of learning, is a part of learning what it means to be a follower of Christ. So at the church we went to uh, in Texas, where I was from originally, Mom is to my left, pastor's in front of me. He opened in the gospel of what, what I needed to see and read and hear. And he said, do you understand this? And I said, yes. I made the prayer and made Jesus Lord of my life. And he even talked to my mom in private and said, yes, I think CJ does understand. And since, and from that point on, man, from just being a kid to becoming a teenager, this, right? I mean, still went to church would always go to church camp and I would just be on that Christian high, be on the Christian high, being at church camp and then come back home and just do the same old, same old and go through the motions, you know, just, just being a kid and being a teenager. I have always struggled with lust ever since I was a teenager up to now. However, recently I've definitely been winning the battle, uh, but that definitely 
I've learned this year that how sin separates you from God. Mm -hmm. And sometimes your own shame can separate you from God because you feel like that God doesn't want to talk to you, but that's the complete opposite. And it wasn't until last day of, I'm sorry, first day of summer when I finished seventh grade, uh, my stepfather called me and my stepbrothers over FaceTime and said, boys, we're moving to Arizona. I did not want to leave, man. Most of my family is in Texas and I hate a change, hate a change. But to quote my mom, I took that move by storm, made the most of my last summer in Texas and moved to Arizona. And I really do feel like my life truly began when I moved here. My stepbrother Taylor and I specifically, we did not want to go to church at all. I didn't even want to go to youth group. Mm. I didn't like that. <laughs> I was tight at that age at 13 years old. My mom and stepdad met us in the middle and said, okay, you don't have to come to big church with us, but you need to go to youth group. Because again, back to that exposure, the way I see it, whether this was my mom's intention or not, she was trying to keep me exposed and let God do the rest. Mm. Went to youth group, didn't care, didn't want to be there. And then it was in the second semester that the youth group is going to come on a winter retreat to Flagstaff, actually, where I am now in school. And my mom was like, son, I think you should go. I think you should go. I think you should go. It'll be a great opportunity. I finally gave in. I'm like, fine, whatever. I'll go. Never been to Flag before. It'll be a cool opportunity. I go on that weekend of that retreat, come back home. And I said to my mom, mom, I want to go to church more and I want to be more involved. I was even new club track at the time. So I stopped going to practices on Wednesdays to go to youth group on Wednesdays. So I started going to everything and being more involved. So it was at the point of the end of eighth grade to about the end of my sophomore year of high school, I was trying to take my faith seriously, but still this. And then towards the end of my sophomore year, I'm just going to keep this as vague as possible. I really just had one thing on my mind and just kind of kept God at a distance mm. only when it was convenient. I made a very dumb decision. I crawled right back to God when I made that dumb decision because I had nowhere else to go. But then once it kind of started getting better and better, like it seemed like the consequences were going to be extreme. Then again, I just kind of put God in the closet again and just kept him at a distance. Mm. And like with really bad anxiety and my anxiety stemmed from being a perfectionist mm. i played i played football in high school for those of you that are fellow athletes as well and you know i would finish a game whether we won or not i would be like i should have done this better we as a team should have done this better this shouldn't have happened this way you know i i was a big one with grades i have to get straight a's had to had to or i was like otherwise i'm a failure mm. you know i I, ha- I had i had to get straight a's and it just came anxiety with that, man. It was exhausting. I was always trying to force it my own way. Junior, senior year, I'm just really just doing my own thing. Senior year of high school, I kind of go back to church. But I'm really just going through the motions. I'm saying the right answers in youth group, but I'm not living out my faith. I'm not trying. I'm not really talking to God on my own time. COVID hit, as I'm sure we all remember where we were when COVID hit, and that was just D-bag CJ during that time. And also during that time, uh, I really began to struggle with bitterness and resentment. I held my parents' flaws against them. And that wasn't fair. It was not fair of me to do. Because A, I'm supposed to honor my parents. And B, two wrongs don't make a right. 
anger comes from being hurt. But again, two wrongs don't make a right. And C, just because they're my parents doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I've learned since then, since struggling with that, that I'm not a father yet. Don't plan on being one in years to come. But a parent is just doing the best that they can. Mm-hmm. Raising a kid does not come with a set of instructions. And just for that summer of COVID, man, of quarantine, I mean, it was like the venom symbiote. I mean, the resentment and bitterness and anger just consumed me. And I was two-faced. And I went to bed angry every single night, like gritted my teeth like that. I was ready to fight people. I mean, for wrestling fans, if the shield was going to try and jump me, I would have said bring it on because I wanted to take my frustration out on something. And it was bad, man. It started to affect my mental health. And I started, so it started to affect my sleep. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was at one point, I still remember to this day, the detail is at four o'clock in the morning. It finally broke me down. It broke me down. I started weeping, sobbing, bawling, you name it, mm-hmm. all of it. And in my bed, and I got out of my bed, got to the foot of my bed, got on my knees and prayed to God with tears running down my face. And I said, I don't want to feel this way anymore. There's going to come a time where my parents aren't going to be here. It's going to be me, my wife, and my kids. I don't want that last day to be filled with just grudges and bitterness. Please take this from me. And I kid you not, man, the day, the morning after that, I felt rejuvenated. I, it was taken from me. I felt like I lost five pounds. That was the first time in months I reached out to God. But still, after that, kind of just was going through the motions. That was the first step I took into getting better and bitterness and resentment and just holding on to things. I come to college during COVID. You can only do so much, as I'm sure a lot of you can attest to. And I was just doing my own thing. I mean, I I still had the mindset of, okay, I got a scholarship and I got my grades and a degree to get. I'm going to do that. And then I will do the college experience. And I'm not a shit. I mean, I'm I'm man enough to admit that I've been to parties. I've been I've been in dr- drunk before. I'm not proud of it, but I did. That, that that's what I did. Majority of my freshman year, and even when I started going back to church again here and there. And it wasn't until the second semester when I almost made a very bad mistake, but backed out of it last second. That I think that's when God was like, "All right, time to come back. I've given you enough." leeway i've given you enough running room because almost doing the mistake that i did triggered a a series of events that got me back into church i started going to this church here in flagstaff here on campus and they helped me realize that i still had some bitterness and resentment to work on so i started praying and talking to god more talking to him on a daily level and working on that resentment and truly putting it all on the past and putting it all behind me just taking my faith seriously more my sophomore year of college my goal with that was just not be so serious about everything life's short man don't worry give your worry to god because he's got you and just to not take things so seriously and to actually enjoy life because i have always been told my whole life up to that point cj why are you so serious cj why are you so uptight cj just smile a little bit in my mind i was all like oh they just don't know me they just don't know cj but no it it was all true i was always monotone and acting like i had it all taken care of and working and going on 
mean, that was part of being a perfectionist, but we're never in control. We're never in control, man. I always heard that, but I finally listened when my dad told me, and it was just a release. So that was my goal my sophomore year was to just get better at that, not stress over school, just grit my teeth and do it. Not stress over work, just do it. Give it to God if you're stressing about it. I eventually cut ties to this church, but they helped me get back into my faith and take it seriously again. And they were there for me, but I, I left for my reasons. And I remember sitting in my dad's media room and I told myself, I need to go get plugged in somewhere else because I remember what I was like when I was not plugged in. So I reached out to this friend. I'm going to leave her name out of it. But for context, I had met her in May of 2019 in the Sonic in the town that I'm from. I just so happened to be there. And she had just got back from her senior recognition night. We hit it off, got each other's Instagram. And from that point on, until I was in my dad's media room, I always saw her posting how involved she was in church. So I reached out to her and I said, hey, where do you go to church? And she told me where she went. She goes, are you looking for a new one? I said, yes, when I come back to Flagstaff. So I joined started getting involved in this church here in Arizona called Christian Challenge. It is a collegiate ministry uh, partnered with 19 college campuses across the state. And I started going there in the beginning of my junior year just to get exposed, just to get exposed. In my mind, I was like, I'm going to come on Wednesday because this is it's only college students then. So pretty cool. And I'm just going to hear the sermon. That wasn't good, but that wasn't bad because I wasn't involved. I wasn't very social with, it, with very few people. Only I'd only talked unless if I was spoken to. And I would just follow that friend around because that was she was the only person I remotely knew. And I didn't really know her that well. And it wasn't her job to babysit me. It was probably in about late October to mid-November. I'm really starting to kind of open up just baby steps with people. And then... Next thing I know, I tell my story to the church, just like I am now on this podcast. I felt convicted one Wednesday night. I felt like God was calling me to tell my story about the things that I had struggled with. So the difference in comparison to this one to then is I talked about strictly the bitterness and resentment and the stress and anxiety of being a perfectionist. I tore my walls down and we connect over our weaknesses. We do not connect over our strengths. We connect when we get vulnerable. Not a lot of people knew me. So it was pretty surreal that I just stood up in front of everybody and just gave my freaking story. I never had done that before. And after that, man, I it's one of the few times I truly felt joy. I, I just I knew that I obeyed what God wanted. Mm. And that too started being more social, got more involved. I gravitated towards this friend group. But then they all graduated that semester and I'm like, crap, I'm back where I started. But because of that, it gave me a sense of urgency to start the second semester of my junior year. I'm like, OK, I now's the time to be more social with people and get involved in a friend group, which I did. And then the first Wednesday, I was convicted to be more involved, go to more events that we did, go to more statewide events. I was convicted to bring back my prayer list. Johnny can attest to my prayer list. I check in with him about school all the time. Because the prayer list gives me an opportunity to check in on my brothers and sisters in Christ. And as I'm getting more involved, I am growing more in my faith. Because to quote the woman that leads the ministry up here at our chapter, get involved in the game, man. Don't be a spectator. Don't be, don't be a background character. 
getting involved. The more involved I'm getting, the better friends I'm making. And while this is going on, I am trying to look for an internship. I applied for an internship. Um, it was what I wanted, but it's not what God wanted. And I went the distance, man. I went the distance. I talked to the recruiter, was interviewed by the senior manager. I made it to a panel interview and I did it. Two weeks after the last interview, I was told I didn't get it. It was the only one I applied for. I put all my eggs in one basket by only applying for one. And that was God giving me tough love. And I learned, kind of jumped the gun a little bit. I learned that in times of rejection, adversity, loss, is when your faith is really tested. And I'm I'm applying all over the place, trying to trying to find another internship. And one time I prayed. I said, God, please help me like apply for a specific one because I'm just seeing one and applying for one. Next day, a new one opened. It looked perfect for me. I thought it was an answered prayer. I go to the career development office, get my cover letter written. I go to apply and it already closed a week later. And at that point, I got a little mad and I did my best not to question God. But I, but I said, I was like, I don't know what you want me to do now. And I've noticed in my experience on my time on this rock, God always speaks to me through other people. So I asked him, I said, Lord, tell me what I need to hear through somebody right now. And I called my grandmother and I told her everything that I just said regarding that piece of information. And she said, without hesitation, you wanted God to conform to your needs at your timing when it should have been the other way around. Mm. And I couldn't help but grin at that because I knew that was him loud and clear. So I'm slowly, like slowly giving, giving it up to God, surrendering that to him. I eventually got an interview for an internship at a power plant. I was very excited. And before the interview, right before the interview, I prayed and I said, God, thank you for this opportunity. I have control of my answers within the interview, during the interview, but you have control of the outcome. Father, I trust you. I have faith in you. Let your will be done. Two hours after the interview is over, I'm on my way to evangelism conference. And I got a call saying that I got the, the internship. And, you know, and during this semester, I just, I really found camaraderie and community with my current friend group in my church. Now, that's not why you go to church, but it is important. You know, as the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, another man sharpens another. My friends here have helped me grow in my faith. Johnny, ever since him and I have become friends in July, he's impacted me in more ways than one. You want to surround yourself with those kind of people to help you grow in your faith. To quote my father, you want to surround yourself with people in your life that don't kick you when you're down, that are there for you when you're down, that support you when you're down, that hype you up when you're down. Christian Challenge has been that for me. This man across the screen has been that for me. So school's over, finished finals. I go to start my internship and I am missing my friends here already. And the first week of my internship is over and lo and behold, I run into somebody on the la first, the, la the Friday of the end of my first week of my internship that goes to a Christian challenge. And that just showed me that that was one of the reasons God wanted me there. Mm -hmm. Because I, I met other people at another challenge location, just more camaraderie, more community, more connections, more people to walk with and help me grow my faith and help them as well. 
And here I am now, senior year, during the summer of my internship. I met this guy right here. We started the podcast, as we mentioned at the start of the episode. And I am now kind of like a little similar to what Johnny said. I am currently in ministry uh, here at Challenge. I am what we call a campus uh, ministry team on the prayer team. It's been a great decision so far. It's a leap of faith that I've taken that God definitely has called me to do. And I'm not sure if I'll be a pastor, but I can definitely tell you that in my adult life, wherever I do go to church, I will be getting in ministry and getting involved mm-hmm. because we, sh- we should. And I know that's a super long story, man. I know I threw out a lot of cliches in there, but if I've learned anything this year in 2023, this has been the best year of my life. And when it comes to my faith, it's not about what I want. It's about what God wants. Mm-hmm you that if you obey him and you walk with him you're going to realize that his plan is better than yours and with that being said i'm i want to transition now i i feel like we'd be remiss we didn't talk about this jesus christ is real and he loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you if you can if the bible says if you confess in your mouth that you are a sinner and jesus is lord and you make him lord of your life you will forever have eternal salvation but yeah, man, that's my story, plus the gospel at the end. Yeah, guys, Jesus is real. Like, he's real, he's living, he's all around us, he is in us. So if you feel like in your heart that you want to explore the relationship with him or you feel in your heart that he He is speaking to you and accepting and you want to accept him as your savior, then just do it and your life will change. Like, we're living, bringing examples of this. This was not just a coincidence that we were both like wrestling and we both are are devout Christians. This was just God connecting us to further our ventures wherever this podcast takes us. And we know the number one goal for this podcast is just is to just uh, use this as a vessel to spread the gospel and spread the message of Jesus. So, yeah, guys, we appreciate you guys listening to us. And yeah. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. And if you haven't made that decision yet, it's never too late, man. He's waiting for you. And, you know, I guess one last detail I'll mention. Johnny, I remember when I hit DM'd you, we're getting to know one another on the personal level, the wrestling level. Mm-hmm. And I think I asked you, I was like, oh, like you're in ministry, huh? Or like, oh, you're a pastor's son or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then you said, are you religious? And I said, I am a Christian. Yeah. And you liked it. And then you said, good man. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, guys, I mean, coincidences don't exist when it comes to God. It's all part of his plan because his timing is better than ours. I'm incredibly grateful that I met Johnny and that I have the opportunity to just connect with a brother in Christ and a brother in wrestling and talk about wrestling. And we just wanted to take the time to glorify God. But I'm CJ McClure. Thank you guys so much for listening and for supporting us. We love you guys. I'm not going to say thank God for wrestling today. Praise God. Yeah, praise God. We'll see you on the next one, man. Share this one. If you or you know someone who has recently found Christ or you want them to explore the relationship with Christ, um, yeah, guys, that's really it. Thank God for wrestling. Uh, oh, I said it. <laughs> it's such a habit, bro. <laughs> thank God for wrestling, but most importantly, thank God. Yeah. Peace.